So the theme of the day is wild freedom, whatever that is. In general, this is the understanding that you are, we are, we are, you are, I am. Life itself, you are life itself. That is true nature. Suffering arises with the false arising belief that you are separate from life. that you are doing life. The truth is you are being lived. Life arises as you, an expression of the life force itself an expression of consciousness of all that is. And with that wild freedom, which is ultimately what I would say a freedom in a sort of bondage, freedom in bondage, there is full spontaneity So we have this word nisarga, which is also the name of my grand teacher, Nisargadatta. Nisarga meaning nature, natural, natural. What does it mean to be on the natural? <laughs> That's an old song, by the way, Hoyt Axton, if anyone remembers Hoyt Axton on the natural. So to be on the natural, to be nature, to know that one is nature, nisarga. When, when I say freedom and bondage, we know that we cannot not be nature. It must express itself as itself. So we can trust this because we are this. Whatever is naturally arising in the life 
as the life, whatever is naturally arising. You can trust this. You can trust this. You can't poke a hole in that. Suffering arises. As an appearance and consciousness. Pain arises and pleasure as an experienced consciousness, embodied awareness. The suffering comes with the identification with what is happening. Usually it appears as a belief that it should or could be otherwise. So what I'd like to talk about a little bit in this first meeting today is a story in duality. So this is a pointer story, a pointer. And it's a strong story, it's a strong story. And it also honors what's going on in the storyline of astrology today and what I've written about recently. Time of Capricorn. So Capricorn is a goat. It's a water goat. A goat with a tail. But it's also related to Pan. Nature. Mother Nature. Embodied Consciousness. So as I've written about recently, we have a lot of things going on in Capricorn right now. We obviously, we have a new moon in Capricorn, which is taking place in a half an hour. We have Pluto in Capricorn right now. The United States is experiencing a Pluto return, which humans don't experience because it's such a long cycle. Pluto is the god of the underworld. And then we have Venus, Inanna, Aphrodite, in Capricorn for a very long time. She usually doesn't stay in a sign very long at all. I think usually 40 days. Check my math there. But because she's going retrograde this year, she'll stay there until March. And she's joining with Pluto, Hades. That's an interesting combination. It's also just as an aside in duality of mundane events, it's also clustering around the same configuration of the time that we that the pandemic began in 
March of 2020. And we had Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto all conjunct in Capricorn. You getting the scenario here? So don't wanna to go too technical here, but I want to tell you the story of Venus, Inanna again. And I know some of you have a greater understanding of this story, this archetypal myth. But what it means is to understand this story in duality, we are seeing what would be called the, um, the poles, the polarities of life itself. And when we deny the polarities of life itself, the dark and the light, we deny reality. So this, this myth comes, this myth, this archetype of Venus, Inanna, as known as Inanna, comes from around 20,000 years BC in Sumeria. So Inanna, and I'm going to paraphrase a lot here. Solar goddess, adorned, loved, queen, princess, above ground, a daughter of the patriarchy, we could say, with all of her vestiges, her jewels, her adornments, her awards. She was revered. We would call that the solar feminine, the light, the beauty, the above ground one. She hears a call. She puts her ear to the ground. Why? Because that is her nature. That is nature. Nature arises. Inanna puts her ear to the ground. She puts her ear to Mother Earth, to embodiment. And she knows her sister, her opposition, her twin, but very much not her identical twin, the absolute opposition of what Inanna represents, lives in the molten core of the Earth, in the underworld, Areshkigal. She knows her sister is down there. And this woman, this goddess, Inanna, has everything. She has everything. She has a beautiful husband, treasures, throne, crown. She feels the call to go see her sister in the underworld. Again, why? There's one person in here who likes to understand why. Why is this happening? What is the meaning of all of this? Why? Because it happened. Why? Because she put her ear to the ground and she heard the call and she went. If it is your destiny, it is your destiny. If it is God's will, cosmic law, it will happen. Everything is an infinite number of causes, causes and effects arising in every single moment. One cannot escape it. 
So why worry? Inanna begins to travel down to the underworld. We call these the seven gates. And as she's going down, these vestiges are being stripped one by one, falling away, falling away, persona, persona, appearances, looking good, behaving well, all of these things that you all know very well. We all know them. They begin to strip. She finally gets down to the center of the earth, to the molten core of the earth. And she sees the throne of her sister, Arishkagal. Now, Arishkagal, and I give all praise to all of these goddesses, when I'm mentioning their names in the realm of duality, I give great honor and respect to who I speak of. This is, she is darker than Kali Ma. Although I don't know if that's possible, but let's just say in an embodied way, she is raw nature. She is the humus. She is the shit. She is mother nature cruelly, the wildfire. She is the core of everything. The one that does not care one iota about how you look, what you do, what happens in your life. And I'm really dumbing this down right now. I'm going easy on everybody at the moment. <laughs> Again, why am I bringing this up? Because in order to be truly free, some part of the self must be willing to face everything. The worst, the worst, the worst the worst parts of the self, inside of yourself, in the world, it's all here. So she comes down to the center, she sees her sister's throne and she sits on it. Hubris, Arishkagal, who is down there with her husband, sees her and puts her on her sister, this revered queen, princess of the light and the beauty on a meat hook to rot. And there are forms of, we'll say, consciousness or life force. I don't even know if you would call it life force, more of consciousness that do arise to keep some shred of Inanna 
I wouldn't even say alive, she's not, to keep some shred of her hologram, something like that, in existence. Little things that come like the dirt under the fingernails, little things. But really, Inanna has nothing. Arishkagal has stripped away everything, her very sister, Mother Nature. And while Inanna is dying, her sister Arishkagal is giving birth. Eventually, Inanna is released again to come up to the above ground realm. And she encounters her handmaiden, her servant, who has been faithfully waiting for her and doing practices for her mistress while Inanna has been above underground. And she is spared. But then she comes and she sees her husband her king, and he has forgotten about Inanna while she's been down there. He went off and did his princely kingly things. And she says to him, now it is your turn. And she sends him down below. And Inanna is truly embodied, truly, one could say, enlightened. Enlightened awareness. She was willing to face everything, to experience everything without judgment. This is the ultimate teaching here, without compartmentalizing what should or should not be. And now one could say she's free. In a way, one could say to live as if one is already dead. And one could say that this is the true queen of heaven. The one that is willing to be in hell.
and it will last as long as it lasts. I'm sure that most everybody here has been on a proverbial meat hook at one point or another. So this is the story that I wanted to tell you all today <laughs> to start our new year, because it is like the phoenix rising from the ashes to be truly liberated, to be willing to face everything. And when we're willing to face everything, it doesn't mean that we have to or that we will experience everything. We don't know that. But we we face it. We live, we, we experience it in our body. Fear, 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 fear. Anger, anger, anger. And why why do I seem to dwell on the negative? Why? I think you all know that. Why? Because so much of the shadow is denied. And I don't mean negative in any judgmental sense. We'll just say the dark. And then we're truly free. You can't have one without the other. You know, my teacher Ramesh used to say to the foreigners that would come to him in Mumbai, well, why does God make disabled babies, handicapped babies? Well, because he makes healthy babies. Why does God make a sinner? Because he makes a saint, male, female. Polarities. So we don't need to take it personally. And when your ear is put to the ground, you don't need to take that personally either. We are being lived. So I'm going to stop here for now.